This is Decision 2023, a series of debates for Sullivan County Legislature coming to you from the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. We'd like to thank our news partner, Mitt Hudson News. This is an opportunity to hear from candidates in the seven contested races for legislature on a number of platforms, including here at Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9 and 1240 AM, plus Mitt Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Feel the strength of thousands of diverse tradespeople working with contractors to recruit and train highly skilled, safe, and productive laborers constructing Sullivan County's water, sewer, roadways, and energy infrastructure. Earning great wages, health care, and a pension. Feel the power of a career with Laborers Local 17. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. Let's begin with those opening statements. And by coin toss, our first candidate in this Decision 2023 debate for Legislative District 1 is Matt McPhillips. Before we begin, a brief introduction. Matt McPhillips was born in Sullivan County. He returned to make his home here after graduating from Syracuse University. He worked for then-Congressman John Fazzo and is currently a legislative aide to Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther. Matt McPhillips, your two-minute opening statement. Well, thanks, Mike, and I'd like to thank my opponent as well for coming out and participating in what I hope will be a, a lively discussion uh, about some of the issues that we face as a county. Now, I came back here, like Mike said, after graduating from college. I was born and raised here to make my home, uh, build my life, and start my family because I love Sullivan County. I really feel strongly that our county is on the edge of a real turnaround here, and we need to take advantage of that. But there's a few things that we need to do first before we can really grasp hold of this. And I think we need bold leadership to get there. And that's what I want to provide. So first things first, we need to address our healthcare situation in this county. It's no secret, our county healthcare rankings are some of the lowest in the state and have been consistently. We need bold action to address these problems. And they stem from two main points that I want to address. First and foremost, the opioid crisis. We all know somebody who's been affected by it. Uh, you know, I know I've lost friends and I have friends who have also lost friends and it's really unacceptable that we remain the highest in the state in rates of opioid death. And we still have money that's unspent that we've received from the opioid settlement fund that could be used in furthering programs to help address this crisis. So that's number one. Number two is the care center. Um, really unacceptable, the drop-off in care. We had a county-run facility that our taxpayers have paid into for years and they all know that they can go there and get quality care. Unfortunately, that's just simply no longer the case. It's dropped to a one-star facility, and that simply is unacceptable. We also need to address the housing crisis in this community. There's not enough places for young people to come back to live and work in our community, and that needs to be prioritized. And finally, we need to work together to make sure that we are on all sides coming together from Republicans, Democrats, with our federal representatives, our state representatives. We need to work together to make sure that we're bringing in all the resources we can and innovative ideas that'll help push this county forward. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. We now have uh, an opening statement from <coughs> Robert Doherty, who's running on the Republican and conservative lines, born and raised in the Bronx. Robert Doherty spent his childhood summers in Sullivan County and now lives in Mongop Valley. Having worked in restaurants his entire life, Rob is a successful businessman in the food industry and currently owns Sullivan County Farms, a Monticello-based farm-to-table food distribution company. Doherty has been chairman of the Sullivan County Legislature for the past four years. Mr. Doherty, your opening statement. All right. I want to begin by thanking the sponsors today for putting this together and my opponent for participating. And you too, Mike. Glad to have you. Let's start with an unvarnished truth. I'm a controversial figure. Most people who go after the entrenched power structure that was Sullivan County's good old boys club, you know, is going to be a controversial figure. The Republican and Democratic parties in this county has raised your taxes over and over again for shady land deals, contracts, and nepotism. They overtly or quietly endorsed or supported one another, and they all worked out great for the insiders, but not so much for the taxpayer. Since I've been elected, I've been laser focused on getting results for the average person. And because of that, I've had to take on the good old boy network several times. There may have been a lot of fighting along the way, but the fighting has produced a lot of taxes. 
We stabilized our county's finances for the first time in county history. We settled all eight union contracts in one term for the first time in legislative history. We've, we've taken jobs and we've made them careers. We stood up to New York City on illegal immigration. We made the largest investment in roads and bridges in the, in the history of the county without bonding a dime, and we're going to do it again. Made tuition free for all local students. People are worried about the cost of living in this county. They need to know how their ends are going to meet. Here in Sullivan, under my leadership, we have taken huge steps to help them with that. Regardless of whether you like me personally, well, you don't like me personally. Sullivan County and District 1 are much better off today than they were four years ago. I'm asking you to vote for me to keep the county moving in the forward direction that it's going in, as Matt had said. The voters of District 1 have put me in my position. I promise when I'm reelected, together we are going to improve your quality of life. I answer to you, the voter, and no one else. Beginning our series of questions uh, with candidate number two. We'll get started with something that really has a lot to unpack, and that's regarding the Care Center at okay. Sunset Lake. Care Center at Sunset Lake, many people are familiar with the, uh, the situation there. It's been said over and over again, much public comment about that. Um, there's a continued public outcry during many of the legislature meetings that the county take back control of the facility. So is it time to dispose of the infinite care contract? Absolutely not, Mike. And let me tell you why. When, my, when we took over, when I took over as chairman in 2020, the care center was losing a million dollars a month. And let me dispel a rumor for you right now. The care center, when you go into the care center, it charges just like every other care center. When people say they've paid into it through their taxes for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. If you go there, you're going to have to pay just like you would have to pay at other nursing homes. We're heading in the right direction. They say that it's a one-star facility. If you look up Medicare.com from 2020 to 2023, it's care that we're speaking of. The overall ratings have gone down, and that's because there is a shortage of nurses. There's a shortage of nurses in this county because our, our New York State Legislature refuses to fund Education Law 6301. A hundred people apply a year to become nurses in this county at the community college, and they can only take 25 students. Our, our main problem in, in health care in, in, in Sullivan County is because we do not have enough health care workers. So when we were losing a million dollars a month, we all, we all got together and we make, started making some decisions. And we went over five different options. We opted to, to, to put it into LDC, then, then have someone else run it. We did that on an eight to one vote. People sit here and say that, you know, we jammed it through. It was eight to one vote, and we picked Infinite Care on a seven to two vote with, with the endorsement of Neisner, New York State's largest nursing uh, union. They're the professionals. We were not the professionals in care. Currently, the care is a three-star overall. In 2020, it was a two, and we had no short-term care. Currently, that facility is a five-star facility. Matt McPhillips, you have a minute for rebuttal? Well, that certainly is a lot to unpack there, but I'd just like to address a few things. It is one-star overall, uh, and it's really unacceptable. I mean, you know, you said it yourself, you guys are not experts in care. Well, I would say that the rapid decline in what the care is that, you know, residents can expect from that facility should tell you everything you need to know. I mean, I've talked with plenty of union members and plenty of people in our communities that would disagree with you and say it is time to move on from this, take back control of our county care center. Yes, you still have to pay to use it, but it's subsidized by our taxes and it's for people who have paid in and so that they can remain in this community, have the quality care that they rely on, and be close to home. Now, a number of things here. Uh, why would nurses want to come and work in that facility when they get no support from the current county management because they know that it's going to be privatized. They can't rely on those benefits that were so important to them. Also nursing, uh, I know that I worked with Assemblywoman Gunther over the last two years. We put in $700,000 of New York State taxpayer money into our college to ensure the nursing program can continue to thrive and we need to work together to make sure that we take back control of this care center and care for the people of Sullivan County. Well, Matt McPhillips, you have the next question and I'll stay on the topic if you were to become legislator, uh, would you consider another search to find a different contractor to manage the care center? 
Well, I think we need to take uh, a full stock of where things stand currently, right? We need to take a look at the policies that have been put in place by Infinite Care, take a look at any supposed savings that we've received, even though the facility went back on the tax rolls and now we're paying the taxes there. Um, and we need to make sure that, first and foremost, care for the residents of Sullivan County is what is prioritized. So first thing we need to do uh, when I'm elected and when I'm sitting in the legislature is put together a commission to look at what policies have been changed, what levels of care there are, what we can do about the staffing issue in terms of bringing in more people, working with the unions, and have a bipartisan approach from the ground up that makes sure the uh, the legislative committee that meets and, and comes together and advocates on behalf of the residents is heard. Uh, make sure that we get direct public input, which is something that I don't believe has been happening because otherwise the care wouldn't be as low as it is. Um, and third, we need to make a decision to bring this facility back under county control. It was run very well. It is a service. It is not a, it doesn't, we don't talk about the highway department losing millions of dollars a year paving our roads. This is a service that we all pay for every year that we have come to rely on. You can't balance a budget by selling off county assets and short-term floating budgets. That's not how it works. Long-term, we need investments in people. We need to make sure that we are taking care of the people of Sullivan County. That's what's first and foremost important, and that's what I plan to do as legislator. Mr. Doherty, do you have a minute rebuttal? Sure. So once again, my opponent mischaracterizes the, what the STAR system means. There are three categories. There's health, there's uh, 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 health visits, there's, um, labor, there's uh, staffing, and then there's care. The third one is care. In 2020, it was a two-star facility for care. It had no short term at all. They did not, none of the five steps that made it a skilled nursing home. Now all those things are done. We were at the lowest level in the state of New York on Medicare recovery. Okay, it was basically next to zero care. The care has improved tremendously there. They keep trying to fool you with the overall ratings, but that's a staffing issue, mostly done by requiring vaccinations on the workers and not being able to produce enough workers through our community college because our New York State legislature refuses to fund community colleges at a, at a great level that is required under 6301. They talk about the $700,000. They should have been put in $4 million a year. So at $12 million, they're, they're still 11 chains short. Move on to our next question, and this is directed to Rob Doherty. Again, the uh, Sullivan County Legislature recently agreeing on distribution of those opioid settlement funds after a few heated discussions on, on the goals. Sure. Uh, such as focusing on education and a younger population. So uh, talk to me about your goals. What would your goals be on funding of substance misuse programs? Is that the question? The question is yes. Okay. What, what do you feel are the priorities? Okay, uh, so the priorities as I see it, is one, um, my opponent needs to stop playing, uh, you know, politics with this issue. Just so you know, this legislature created an opioid task force, and inside that task force, there were several pillars, okay? There was a law enforcement pillar, there was a legislative pillar, which he is the chair of. He has never sent one email to the clerk of the legislature inviting us to a meeting, giving us notes on a meeting, or anything that's happened in, inside, the, the in, inside the opioid task force. I would like better communication with the opioid task force, number one. As of today, we issued $1.2 million last year. They only spent three, they were only in contract to spend $300,000. Most of the money went into RFPs, which is a request for proposals that did not get answered. And they let the money sit there $900,000 for over a year, and then they clawed it back and then reissued it. We had some questions on how this money was going to be dispersed. The, the Health and Family Services chair was on vacation one month. The following month, he went to a conference, and then they showed up. He did not speak. Instead, he wanted to put on political theater, which is unfortunate to me. So I'm going to require going forward, on a monthly basis, we find out the status of those contracts. Okay? The DA mentioned that, that we didn't sign an MOU. That's incorrect also. Okay? In the same email, the DA says that, um, that the Liberty Police Department is not required to do drug investigations and that they need money to do that. 
I just find that odd. The sheriff's department is the only department in, in Sullivan County that has trained drug officers with the equipment necessary. I propose that we give more money to the sheriff's department and that the, the chairman of health and family services comes back every month. And a minute rebuttal. Mr. Sure thing, and again, a lot to unpack here, but first of all, I'm not the chair of that committee, uh, actually. So I'm just a representative and I sit on that committee. However, I sit with a lot of uh, people who have a lot more expertise than either one of us, frankly, do in this area. And one thing that they keep emphasizing is the need for more treatment programs. That means sober living. That means uh, making sure that people are getting the treatments that they need to stay off of drugs. And that fundamentally also means investing in housing. I mean, right now, the county is paying uh, millions, I would have to assume, of dollars, although I've never seen the statements, to many of these hotels that we all see, we all know, for people when they come out of their initial crisis to live in, and they're often being preyed upon in these situations, and they aren't fit for anybody to be living in, frankly. We need to address this crisis from the root, and that means taking care of people again. Now, the Sheriff's Department was paid, the DA's office was supposedly paid, but we need to focus on investing in people. That is the only way we're gonna come out of this crisis and improve our results. And I'd like to talk on this further, actually, if. Uh, if we can do another question on this in the future, because there's so much here that well, needs to be addressed. You're, you're uh, up for the next question. And uh, Matt McPhillips, I would ask, it, again, in, in light of the county's uh, substance misuse issues, uh, do you feel that the proper amount of programs are, are making a difference, that they're, they're available, and, and what might you do differently? Well, I'm, I'm proud of the work uh, that many of the organizations put in every single day here. Catholic Charities does a fantastic job um, in trying to keep people off of drugs, make sure that they're getting the treatment that they need, make sure we're diverting people uh, to treatment. Hope Not Handcuffs, another great organization. Um, I've had the privilege to work alongside of a lot of these organizations throughout my time here and throughout my work. Um, I don't think we're doing enough, frankly, and I think that's pretty clear. I mean, our, our death rate is still the highest in the state. Um, we, we have no real treatment centers or places for people to go anywhere safe for people to live in. These are things that need to be addressed. And, you know, I know uh, when I was at the legislative meeting, they were talking a lot about um, we need to focus on the youth. Well, that is true. And some of the very programs that were proposed deal directly with youth. We worked with school districts in the community to set up the Too Good for Drugs program. And the money was never paid for services already rendered. So I know that issue's now been addressed, but how, does the, how do these things fall through the cracks? How do we get to a point where this is one of the number one issues in our county and we still don't pay out the contracts we've already agreed to? I mean, that's frankly unacceptable. And, and this is speaking directly to youth. So, I, I mean, these are things that need to be addressed. These are things that need a stronger hand on the tiller. We need to make sure that the people in charge actually are prioritizing the people in this county. It's not just a law enforcement issue, it's a people issue. It's a healthcare issue. And that's certainly an area that I feel this legislature has dropped the ball on. Now, there are ways we can continue to help support that. The, uh, the drug task force as a whole met together and you certainly could come. It's, it's not that you have to be invited. You, your legislature created it, so anytime you wanted to come, feel free. Uh, but, however, we need to make sure that uh, we in incentivize sober living, we need housing for people, and we need treatment for people, and that's what's going to get us out of this. We can't arrest our way out. We've tried it, and even the law enforcement organizations know treatment is the answer at this point. Mr. Doherty, your sure. rebuttal? <clears throat> so, as far as the payout goes, um, you know, we're a county, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tax dollars, just so we're clear. I, I understand, I, 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 understand I, I understand it's an opioid, you know, settlement, but once it goes into the county coffers, it becomes, it's treated just like any other tax dollar, okay? There are protocols to get the money out of there. The, the agencies that Matt speaks of did not give the proper paperwork to our ordering department. They were asked several times. They did not, but that's fine. As far as Fixing the problem. The problem is in the youth. There, there's not enough. I, I own a, a business in Monticello. I see the youth walking around every day. My children went through Monticello Central School System. I know kids that grew up with my boys. You know, I have a 26-year-old, a 25-year-old, and a 22-year-old. I've seen kids go from good families to using drugs because they have nothing to do. We need to focus on the youth way more than we're currently doing. And we'll move on to the second segment. And just to be clear, uh, this segment also includes some of our questions. 
that were submitted to us uh, through the CatskillsNewsTalk.com website and, uh, and other questions that were uh, submitted through uh, the general public for use during today's debate. And our next question going back to Matt McPhillips. Uh, I wanted to, to move into the housing crisis and affordable housing. It, it, it's certainly top of mind, and I know both the candidates have mentioned it so far. Um, how do you encourage more residential housing constructed here in Sullivan County? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I personally know how hard it can be to find a house here. I mean, uh, I was a renter coming back from school and I lost my housing because the place I was renting from needed that space for their own employees, which I no longer worked. And, you know, we were forced out and, and a family coming from two incomes, I would think, would have no problem finding a house here. And still we were forced to scramble and claw and work however we could to try to find a place. And these are calls that I get every single day with people with far less means than my own who are working in our community and, and just unable to sustain living here. And what do we tell these people? We have nothing for you. Well, that's unacceptable right there. What do we do to incentivize more housing to be built? We need to make it a priority of the legislature, not just something we talk about, throw around. And this goes back to youth. What are we doing for youth? Well, if they can't come back and live here, not very much. I mean, frankly, you know, I, I did this because I wanted to come back because I love Sullivan County, but it makes it very prohibitive when you can't afford to live anywhere. And, you know, that, that what do we do? We need to incentivize uh, the building of new affordable housing, similar to that that was put up behind ShopRite in Monticello, uh, Golden Ridge. We, they have a two-year-long waiting list already. I mean, and, and we get calls every single day. Can I get in? No, it's a two-year waiting list. We need more facilities that can house people that want to live and work in this community, or we're not going to be a sustainable place to be. Our kids will never be able to come back. My kids will never be able to come back and enjoy and bring their prosperity to this county moving forward. You know, we've seen a lot of changes in the housing market post-COVID. The housing market is out of sight. It's really unattainable for most Sullivan County residents on the salaries that get paid here. We need to make sure that we are working to locate new areas where we can build, supporting the infrastructure of those areas, and incentivizing people to come in and build the housing that we all know we need. Thank you. Well, on the topic of housing and that question, uh, Rob Doherty, your rebuttal? Sure thing. My, my opponent sure does know the problem with housing. Mm -hmm. So much so, he doesn't even live in our district. I do find, live in the district, our, actually. District. You can come over anytime. Are, are you can't keep it interrupting, Matt. That's rude. Just um, letting you know. <clears throat> so, just so we're clear, so when we revamped the IDA, any, any project that comes to Sullivan County that has more than 25 jobs attached to it for tax benefits, they must provide housing. They must build the housing for them. So, so any big project coming forward, so if the casino came, came to us today, they would have to build housing for as many workers as they're, that they're seeking a tax benefit for. One of the issues is, again, we are not educating our workers properly. We need to have a better trained staff in, in this county, and that's through our community college that's severely underfunded through the New York State Legislature. We need a, a, a better union force here, and we have to reduce the cost of living, which means we cannot tax people into oblivion. Well, Mr. Doherty, you, you get the next question, and sure. I'll, I'll stay on the topic of housing. You know there's a lot of short-term rental activity, especially in western part of the county. That's a, that's I, I, a, live in, I live right next to Smallwood, New York. I am clear That's a fact. <laughs> so uh, my question to you is beyond registering and collecting bed taxes, mm -hmm. which has been profitable for the county on these properties, is there a way to encourage a percentage of residential housing that be made available for people who live and work in Sullivan County? Okay. So once again, um, on, a legislative, uh, on a county legislative level the answer to that is no with what matt was talking about before has to do with town boards you know zbas and planning boards we do not this is a state of home rule my opponent's been in government for for six years and he still doesn't understand that there are state issues there are county issues there's federal issues and there's town issues okay he is currently running for a legislative position and he's talking about you know funding through a, a state program or a or a federal program for those apartments behind ShopRite that's not a county level program and then you have to go through planning boards the biggest issue in this town is NIMBY no one wants those 
things in their town. I believe my opponent is, is pushing for workforce housing. He lives in, he, he's going to live in District 1. He is representing District 1. I would like him to answer where are we going to put the workforce housing, which is defined by the federal government as high-density, low-income housing. I want to know where in our district he plans on putting that, okay? This, the, the county legislature has no business in this. We've done a study. We can help out with, you know, with, with the market says and where we can go in the, inside the market. But at the end of the day, it comes down to town boards. You have to keep the taxes low. Otherwise, there is no payback for the, for the investors. And that is the biggest issue. The last legislature overspent their revenues three years in a row, broke the tax cap, taxes in, in this county are through the roof. They are at city levels. We have to keep reducing our taxes, reducing our debt, so that we can make it more affordable and educate our workers through the community colleges and through unions. Matt McPhillips, uh, rebuttal, one well, minute. Yeah, and, and I hear a lot of we can't, what we can't do. Um, I don't find that acceptable. I know I've spoken with other county executives throughout the region. Uh, they prioritize housing. They work with the state and federal partners to make sure that we find zoning boards that, and planning boards that were, you know, welcome to do that. Where can we put it in District 1? Well, that's a very good question. We need to identify sites that are available, that have the infrastructure needed, or that we can push to build the infrastructure, water, sewer, electric, out to these positions so that we can actually have a place where people can affordably live. Now, you know, we can talk about, you know, for some reason, I don't know why you think I don't understand the differences of levels of government. I've worked for almost all of them. But uh, it, it's more about working together with all of your community partners and finding a spot and listening to the people in that community. You know, we have businesses who can't find enough people to operate their business. That's a county problem and a long-term problem. If we can't find a place for people to live here that want to work here, we're not going to have any rateables because the businesses won't be able to hire. And I hear a lot of we can't. We can do this if we make it a priority. All right. Mr. Mr. McPhillips. It is. You have the next question. Sure. And I wanted to talk about uh, young people. Mm -hmm. That topic has been brought up several times here in the conversation. Um, would you expand on local partnerships? For example, institutions such as SUNY Sullivan, Sullivan BOCES, organizations such as the Sullivan Chamber mm -hmm. to uh, offer more opportunities for young people? I mean, absolutely. That goes without saying, and I'm sure my opponent would agree. Uh, we need to make sure that we're adequately funding these institutions. Now, I know he's going to say again that the state does not pay their fair share in community colleges. Well, we need to work with our state representatives, not just throw mud. We need to get in there, sit down with them, and come together as a cohesive county unit and advocate for these things. That's how you get things done. Not by throwing mud, not by trying to blast people publicly. You do it by working and working together. And that's what I plan to do. Now, on top of that, you talk about the chamber. Uh, you know, the Chamber of Com Commerce is a, is a great organization and they need their funding to be able to attract new business, promote them, make sure that everybody knows about them and that we're really fostering and nurturing a small business community in this county that we can all be proud of. Now, they used to get their funding directly from the county budget. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case recently. I would certainly like to reinstate that. They deserve it. They work very hard over there. Um, I've talked to many businesses who, who agree and, and believe that they should be fully funded. And, you know, I'm, I can't wait to get in there so I can uh, make sure that they have the money that they need to operate and that they can count on each year. Not come in and have to beg and plead and deal with any type of backfighting, but make sure that they have a line in the budget that they can count on at the beginning of the year so that they know what they have coming in and can use that to do the important work that they do for our businesses here in Sullivan County. Mr. Doherty, rebuttal? Okay. To answer the question on the Chamber of Commerce, I think they're a great organization um, from top down. I've brought up, I believe, four resolutions to fund them properly. Um, my uh, fellow, some of my fellow legislatures have you know, not done that. I think that's unfortunate. Um, I think that, <clears throat> again, you know, in, in, under my leadership, we started, um, we worked with the Carpenters Union, and they're currently in Monticello High School, which has a program that develops kids so that they can, when they graduate high school, they can go right into the union so they can ha start making $40 an hour, you know, right out of high school. We did a program through BOCES um, 
through the Carpenters Union. Eleven people went into it. Eight of them were in the union the day after they graduated from that program. We are currently starting a CDL program over in the community college, and we are next week starting a program for welding to um, do the same thing through BOCES. We have partnered with them on a lot of projects. Well, and it, as a follow-up question to you, uh, Rob, what do you feel is the best way since you just ran through a lot of the projects that are already in place, Correct. but staying on the topic of young people, because it no doubt is an issue. It's something that's discussed in, in public quite a bit. Um, what do you feel is the best way to attract and retain young people, to have them come back to remain in the county as part of our local workforce? Correct. The best way to retain our youth is to have good paying jobs and affordable, to, to live here affordably. We cannot keep taxing our way out of situations. That's what we've been doing in this county for way too long. I'm sure my opponent couldn't tell you the tax rate in this county. It is extremely high. Our levy is ridiculous for a small county. We have to go back to our community college. We have to go back to BOCES. We have to start internships programs with the unions so they get trained properly. One of the things that this legislature did that we're super proud of, you know, in the sheriff's department, there's over 250 employees. There was a huge turnover rate there. When we got financially stable, we were able to give the road patrol and the, the, the CSCA, which is the, the jail part of it, who did not have health insurance and retirement. I want you to think about that. You're working for a county and you did not have health insurance and retirement. We, we, gave them health insurance retirement. We took a job and then made it a career. And that's what everyone keeps talking about. They keep talking about jobs. You know, a lot of people, you know, <clears throat> in different organizations are pushing warehousing. Warehousing is perpetuating poverty. If you get to the height of it, you're making $20 an hour, which is about $41,000 a year. We need people in this county to be making a better salary so that they can have better lives. And this legislature has done just that. We have created programs. We're starting to work with Delaware Valley, who is now allowed to take in uh, Sullivan County students, which is a big deal. BOCES, we're working with them, and we're working with the unions to get into our schools so that they can start the kids when they're young, not when they're, you know, out of school and then they're kicking around trying to figure things out. We, we get them when they're young and we let them know that they have a bright future and that's why they'll stay here. Mr. McPhillips, rebuttal? Well, as a young person who did come back to this county, I can tell you number one on any young person who chooses to do that's mind is where am I going to live because there's nowhere for that to happen. So we can have as many programs as we want and, you know, I, I certainly fully support any of the programs that are pushing children towards unions. I think that's a great way to make a great living and I want to continue that work. I want to make sure that we are bringing in everyone to our BOCES programs, our community colleges. They have fantastic programs. I have friends that went through them. They're now nurses. They're working in the community. It's great. But where are they going to live? I mean, fundamentally, that's the problem. There is nowhere for young people to live here. I experienced it, as you seem well aware of, but I don't see any action on, uh, on anything to help address that part of this dynamic issue. Now, youth, it's, there's, there's a million things we need to do for our youth. We need to make sure that there's after-school opportunities for them to be able to play sports, basketball, in their communities, walkable. These are things that we need. We need activities for kids to do. I know I used to run around in the woods. That's not for everybody. We need to make sure that we're investing in our youth here. For me, that means housing, that means activities, and that means opportunities. Well, Matt McPhillips, you get the next question, and uh, let's stay on the topic of affordability and, uh, and the, the taxes in particular. Uh, Sullivan County, starting with the COVID pandemic, of course, was able to survive economically. Uh, there were a series of state and federal payments that were made, of course, mm -hmm. that, that helped the county in, in keeping it in float and actually uh, doing quite well economically for a time being. However, uh, New York State has begun reassessing how certain payments are made particularly in Medicaid, mm -hmm. um, those calculations are going to make a difference. So mm -hmm. what do you think we should do to keep our county affordable and the tax increases, of course, most important at a minimum? Absolutely. So for me, this means working with our state federal partners to bring in the money that we have access to. We can go after uh, state and federal dollars so that the county taxpayer isn't the one footing the bill for every project that we need here. And there's a lot of work to do. 
That's certainly for sure. Now, the reimbursement rate issue, which is a big one, this has been a problem here for years. Some, in some reimbursement rates, we're grouped with downstate when it's to our disadvantage. In others, we're grouped with upstate when it's to our disadvantage. Now, this is something that I've experienced working for the Assemblywoman because we see the effects that this has on the services that we're able to provide as a county. That's why we're working right now with some county leaders who, who took an interest in this to try to get these reimbursement rates changed so that we're not on the losing side every time. That's so important. That helps us pay for things and not on the backs of our county taxpayers. But this is what working together can get you. If you're willing to sit down, even if somebody's in the other party or, or has a different idea, well, the only way that we have bold, innovative action and new ideas is by listening to other people. Something that I am fully capable of doing, something that I've done my entire career so far, something I plan to continue to do. You know, I've worked across the aisle. I've worked for the most fiscally conservative Republican around that I've ever met, certainly. I've worked with conservative Democrats. I know how to make sure that we are getting the most bang for our buck in this county. And that's something that I bring to the table. And the working together aspect is the biggest part of it. We don't get anywhere by accusations, slinging mud. It's about sitting down, getting to work, and making sure that we have a seat at the table as Sullivan County and that we're not shut out of these decisions when they're made. Mr. Hardy, one minute rebuttal? Sure. And the question is, again, just if you can give uh, me The question, uh, we, were, we were talking about affordability and in particular uh, that New York State has begun reassessing their Medicaid sure. uh, payments. So my question is, what do you think we should do to keep our county affordable and tax increases sure. at a minimum? So as far, as far as the Medicaid goes, the federal government gave New York State $1 billion to just... So we, we were paying for on four years, we were getting reimbursed at an 80% rate, and they were holding back 20%. And they said, when the federal government gives you back, when we get the money, we'll give you the 20%. That was a lie. Kathy Hochul and the, and, the, and the legislature in New York State took the money. They took the money and they put it in their pocket. They took the money away from Sullivan County. How do you keep this place affordable? How do you keep Sullivan County affordable? I do notice that my opponent has not answered the tax rate in, this, in, in the county as of yet. But <clears throat> the reason why we, we the, the way we keep affordable is by keeping taxes low. That is the number one issue. Older people should not have to, you know, make a decision between, you know, medicine and taxes, food and taxes. This county needs to keep our taxes low and keep reducing our debt. And the next question to you, Mr. Yeah, Shorty. Sure. So I'll, I'll stay on the topic and just ask specifically, what are some of the things you feel that Sullivan County should do to better itself economically? Economically? I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. We need to fund the college properly. There's a law, an education law called 6301. It has not been properly funded by the New York State Legislature since 1973. So when my opponent talks about giving $700,000 for something, they owe $4 million a year on an annual basis. So if you go over the last three years that I've been in office, four years I've been in office, it's supposed to be $16 million. And we got $700,000 of, of our own tax money back. That, that's not a deal for us. A hundred people applied to be nurses in the college last year. We were only able to take 25 of those people because we did not have enough um, tutors for them. We did not have enough teachers for them. Think about that for a second. When you sit there and say there's a shortage, there's a shortage for one reason and one reason only. It's because our community college is not funded properly. When, you, when our student cannot get into our own home school, they live, in, they live in Sullivan County, they can't get into Sullivan County, they then have to go to another county to get the job that they, you know, to get the train they want for the job, okay? There's a chargeback for that. You charge back. If they get financial aid, they charge back to the county. We paid Orange County Community College last year $3.5 million. I want you to think about that for a second. So not only did the New York State Legislature, Kathy Hochul and her gang, not fund us properly at $4 million, we had to pay another college, another county, $3.5 million for a $7.5 million turnaround. So my opponent can sit here and talk about slinging mud and doing whatever, but our, our students are being shortchanged. They need to fund the college properly so that we can educate our kids so they can have better paying jobs that lead to better outcomes. Matt McPhillips, your rebuttal? 
Right, and again, you know, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here too, but a lot of this is collaboration and making sure that we're working together to get a seat at the table to advocate for our students. It's not enough to just say, you know, locally that, well, you know, we're not getting what we need from the state government. It's another thing to work to get what we need from the state government. That's what I've been doing. That's what I plan on continuing to do. And it is needed. I mean, we do need to better fund our community colleges, no question there. Absolutely. We've worked to try to do whatever we can, but that means working together with other representatives, our, our, our state and federal. We need to make sure that we're advocating for our students here and, and really working to fund the college fully. I, I completely agree with that. However, it's the manner in which we do it. It's about sitting down, working together, and having a seat at the table. Without that, they're never going to listen to you. They have 62 counties in the state of New York that are all clamoring for the same money. We need to make sure that Sullivan County stands out, that we have bipartisan agreement, and that we go up as a unified force to advocate for ourselves. That's what's important, and that's what's been missing. And let's move on to the topic of uh, public safety. Uh, public safety, of course, is a topic that's really on the national stage, but mm -hmm. it's talked about here quite a bit locally. Uh, do you feel that local law enforcement has the tools it needs to keep the public safe? Well, first and foremost, I'd say our local law enforcement does a fantastic job. I mean, they, they certainly need more deputies in the sheriff's department. We need to make sure that our, our local PDs are being funded adequately. We need to make sure that we're listening to their requests that are coming into the county for funding, for health services, for their officers, for wellness training for their officers. Do I think that they have enough tools to fight? Well. If you ask our DA, public safety issue number one is opioids in this county, and I would be hard-pressed to find anybody to disagree with that. And what are we doing about the opioid crisis? Well, we've been sitting on money that's ready to go to be able to fund some of the treatment programs that our law enforcement officers have been asking for because they know that they're going to the same places over and over and re-arresting. Arresting is not the way to do things in this county to get out of the opioid crisis. It's treatment. And if that's the uh, you know, public safety issue number one, then that's where we need to focus our efforts in terms of trying to negate the effects of the opioid crisis here. That's what's most important. And we're hearing it from our own officers. They're the ones telling us this. We need to listen. We need to keep our ear to the ground, take care of our own people, and that means the police and law enforcement officers as well. And, and that means fully funding whatever programs that they deem necessary and other experts in the field deem necessary to help combat the opioid crisis and get people into treatment so that they're not continuing to commit offenses on our streets and that we can make sure that these people have the treatment that they need and deserve, frankly. Mr. Doherty, your rebuttal? Ask me the question again, please. Uh, the question is concerning public safety. Uh, sure. Do you feel that local law enforcement has the tools it needs sure. to keep the public safe? Sure thing. So <clears throat> this legislation made a priority to settle all union contracts. You know, obviously the sheriff's department is the largest police force in the county. Um, they were there was a huge uh, you know uh, problem with people leaving to go to other places. We stopped that by giving them a contract. We 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 took top pay from 20 years down to five years. We gave them you know a fair wage in the in the jail. We did the same thing. We took it from 13 years down to 10 years. We got rid of the first year. Um, which was a trial year that didn't count, which I thought was crazy. As far as the funding for the opioids, I cannot stress this enough. The legislator's role is to allocate the money, okay? That's what we did. They did not spend 900000 of it. They left it in RFPs, which is requests for proposals that no one answered, and they did nothing about it, and they let it sit there. Our next question is for Mr. For Doherty. Me. And we'll stay on the topic of public safety. Sure thing. Um, some have suggested that professionals in mental health, uh, substance misuse, accompany law enforcement as a way to disarm potential crisis situations. Mm -hmm. And the question would be, would you support such an effort? Do you, would you put forth such a program and support it through the county legislature? Okay. So mental health is a major issue in this county. Um, it's, a ma it, it, it's an issue on the national stage as well, obviously. Um, the last governor, unfortunately, you know, um, took away a lot of that, those, that funding. We cannot continue as a society without recognizing the mental health crisis. That's what leads to depression, to suicide, to the drug and opioid problems in this, count, 
in this county and in the country as a whole. I feel that the, the sheriff is a duly elected person, and if he felt that he needed it, he would come to the legislature and we would, we, we would do our best to fund what he needs. The sheriff has never come to the legislature. Um, you know, again, he's a duly elected officer with 50 years of experience, I believe he has. Um, so I trust the sheriff 100%. Um, I, I believe in, in the job that he's doing, and we have funded him fully the whole way. As far as having uh, mental health advocates with them, that would be a decision. Um, I think municipal, municipality by municipality would, would you know, say yes or no to. I believe there's eight um, um, law enforcement agencies in the county. Um, you know, we fund the sheriff's department. Um, if whatever might shift the sheriff of Sullivan County asked for, we'd be more than happy to help him. We've never turned him down on anything. Um, if, he, if he felt that he needed that, we'd be happy to fund it. Matt McPhillips, your rebuttal? Well, certainly. And, you know, as uh, my position with Assemblywoman Gunther, she was the chair of uh, the Mental Health Committee in New York State and has been for years. Um, you know, we see fundamentally the issues of mental health, and it's a multifaceted issue. Um, but again, the question was directed to uh, whether or not mental health professionals should accompany police. And of course, if they do want that, I think it should happen. And as I've talked to some of my friends who are officers, and they're out every day in the community seeing the mental health crisis firsthand, they're the ones saying, to me at least, I don't know if they were talking to you, but they're the ones saying to me, we need this assistance. We were not trained as mental health professionals. We want to do the best that we can for the residents here. They care about those people, but they're not getting the support that they need. It's just, a, it's just the way it is. So if we need to, however we need to do it, work with the state, with NAMI, with, with any of the mental health related organizations in the state, I'm more than happy to do that. But again, it comes back to housing, where these people are being housed, how they're being housed. It's not a healthy environment and it's another part of this issue that needs to be addressed immediately. All right, we'll move on to our final segment and back to Rob Dorgan. All right, I look forward and to it. I, I would like to Kind of stay on the topic right now. The recent Haida designation, of course, sure. everybody is is quite familiar with high intensity drug trafficking area. Correct. Sullivan County has recently received that. The last county to do so in the Hudson Valley, and um, I, I just wanted to get your feelings on, you know, how does law enforcement play a role in the battle against substance misuse? We talk about the education, we talk about those programs, but how do you see Haida? making a difference here in the county? So Hyde is new to Sullivan County, as you know. Um, we, there's a meeting actually on Friday that um, uh, Congressman Molinaro is holding to go over um, what, so it's basically a training session for, for counties um, that goes over exactly you know, how to take advantage of the Hyde designations. You know, a lot of times you fight for something so long you, you lose track of what it actually is. Um, but, you know, thank, thank you to uh, Congressman Molinaro, who's going <clears> to <throat> have a training session for people from Sullivan County and other counties as well as, as how to most maximize, you know, the Hyde designation. You know, we're supposed to get more officers, more money, more, you know, but if, if, if we're not doing it properly, you know, and again, I have full faith in, in the sheriff's department and Sheriff Mike Schiff. Um, he'll be at that meeting as well. Eric Chabot will be at that meeting. Um, I'm sure some of the local police chiefs will be there too. And by listening to who, how it actually works, because a lot of times, like I said, you chase something for so long, you lose sight of, of what it actually does for you. I'm hoping that, you know, we are able to walk away and, and be able to have a continual dialogue on how to use the higher designation to our advantage. But again, it all comes back to the youth. We have to start taking care of our youth. We have to prepare them for good paying jobs. If someone is, has a bright future, they're more likely not to use drugs. If, you know, uh, my opponent had said that, you know, we need things in walking distance. We don't need things in walking distance anymore. We started a bus system that's in five major townships. We're going to expand it even further to where there's loops inside of Liberty, Fallsburg, and Marcello. We currently have that in Bloomingburg. That's all paid for by, by the county, 100% free, <clears throat> and people are able to move around and have better lives. Matt McPhillips, your rebuttal on, on uh, law enforcement's role in, in the battle against substance misuse? 
Right. Well, they've been on the front lines, frankly, since this crisis began long before I was born. Um, they, they have plenty of expertise, and the Haida designation was a really great example of a community effort to get something done from the local level to the county level uh, to the state level and the federal level. Everybody came together to get something done, and I think that's a really positive thing for this community, even though the name of it would sort of lend to the idea that it's not a great thing. You don't want to be a high-intensity drug trafficking area, but at least we have the ability um, and it was shown by our DA, Megan Galligan, our current DA, Brian Connedy, Wendy Brown, for her uh, fantastic pushing to get this done. Now, we need this funding desperately. Anybody that walks around our communities knows the opioid crisis is public safety issue number one. This will help to do that. I'm proud if, if I landed even a small hand in getting it done. Um, I'm excited to you know, use this new funding and use these new opportunities to help address this crisis. And again, if it's really about the youth, if, if somebody has a bright future here, they need a place to come back to live. That's issue number one with our youth. Well, Matt Phyllis, you do get the next question and I'll stay on the topic. Uh, one word that we hear a lot about is stigma. I was gonna ask do you, if you have any ideas on how stigma plays a role in opioid misuse and, and most importantly, how we as a community and within the Sullivan County Legislature can, can battle and approach that particular topic. Absolutely. The stigma topic. Absolutely. Um, you know, there still is a lot of stigma surrounding opioid use. Um, you know, people are afraid to come forward. How does, that, how does that affect their lives? Well, they'd rather suffer in silence with this disease. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them end up passing away rather than seek the treatment that they need because of the stigma that surrounds it. This has been an issue as long as drug use has been an issue. Um, but there are ways that we can address it. And one of, the, one of the ways that I've been proud to be able to work on some of these issues in terms of addressing the stigma is being a part of the committee that helps set up Overdose Awareness Day. Uh, each year in the county, we rent out the county courthouse lawn. Um, we make sure that we have all types of treatment providers there. We give free Narcan classes. And we have speakers, not only from the community that give us the sobering numbers about how bad this crisis is in this county and how much it affects every single family that lives here, but also hearing from people in recovery talk about how they came forward, how they were able to address their issues. This speaks to the heart of addressing the stigma issue. We are right out in the open. We advertise it well. We make sure that we have powerful, impactful speakers and people there who are willing to help. Now, I've done this. I've been on this committee for the last three years, as long as it's been done. Uh, I was excited to be a part of another really fantastic evening. Um, we had a bunch of referrals that went to some of our Helping Hands organizations. We had a bunch of people Narcan trained. I was Narcan trained. Um, it, it's, it's a really great opportunity to help address that stigma. Um, you know, it, it's something I really think everybody should attend if, uh, if they really are concerned about this issue. Um, it, it was advertised very well. We had a great turnout, probably 200 people or more, I would say. And it was really moving. And, and it's, it's been something that I've been proud to be a part of. And, and if, if we really are concerned about the issue of stigma in this county, I think it's important that we, we have representation there. Mr. Doherty, rebuttal? On the stigma issue. On the stigma issue. Okay. And in fact, uh, as how we as a community and as the legislature may approach that stigma. issue. Stigma. Stigma issue. <clears throat> Again, um, my opponent keeps talking about, you know, housing. Um, he's yeah. talking about high density, low income housing. I still, he still hasn't answered where we're going to put it in District One in Bethel or Highland, New York. Um, he still hasn't answered the tax rate issue. These are issues that are crushing our people. You know, financially speaking. If people are not doing well, it leads to a depression. It leads to more likely of, of the drug use. We have to stop. We have to build better lives for people. We have to have ends meet. We have to have people have fulfilled lives. And that is through, we, the best way to do that is through our youth and through education. If we do not focus on education and our youth, we are, we are just shoveling against the tide with all these programs. You will never, ever fix the problem unless you get to our youth and make sure that they know that they have a bright future here in this county. That is most essential. Stigma. Well, Mr. Doherty, you get the next question, sure. and uh, I'm going to offer a more broad public health question broad. here. We've talked about opioid misuse and mm -hmm. all focused on that, but specifically, legislators recently met with administrators of Garnet Health and Garnet Health Catskills. Uh, as you are well aware, many people are aware, there are several cutbacks that have taken place 
uh, over the course of the last few months, uh, local cardiac care, pediatrics. And uh, one listener claimed that ambulance corps were told that uh, cardiac patients should be taken directly to Garnet Health Orange. So my question to you is following this meeting with the administrators mm -hmm. here, and you met with the president and CEO, both Cat, uh, Garnet Health Correct. Uh, both and there. Garnet Health Catskills. Correct. Um, do, are, are you, the press release that came out and the information that came out was relatively positive. It's very are, positive. Are, are, are you secure in the fact that we have a solid functioning local public health system here? Okay, so as far as public health goes, public health can be improved greatly. One of the reasons the public health was hurt so badly again was the New York State Legislature took $12 million of Medicaid money that was owed to Sullivan County um, because they mismanaged their budget once again. They had $1.5 billion in gaming uh, licenses in last year's budget, and when they didn't hand out the licenses, they came to the counties and treated them like piggy banks. When they treated us like piggy banks, it, they're affecting every member in, in that county. Every taxpayer in that county has to make up the money. <laughs> but as far as Garnet Health goes, we had a, a closed-door meeting with them. Um, they are very strong. Um, they have some uh, debt issues in the Orange County building. Um, the Sullivan County building, um, you know, campus, uh, both campuses are very strong. Um, they are looking to expand um, into a new building. Um, <coughs> And uh, the, the current building, uh, they have 100 beds. Generally, they don't go above 50. Um, the building's, you know, 50 years old. It costs $3 million a year for upkeep in that building. Um, we're wasting good dollars on an aging infrastructure. And they would like to uh, build a new infrastructure and continue the great work in Sullivan County. There's no shot at that at the hospital closing. They're stronger here than they are actually in, in, Orange, in Orange County. You have to look at them as a complete system. Um, the, you know, if anyone's ever been sick and you had to go to a city, you know, you, the NYU has 20 buildings down there. Um, you have to go building to building to building to, to get specific care. Um, and that's how it's working right now until they can figure out their infrastructure issues here in Sullivan County. Matt McPhillips, your uh, rebuttal. Well, I think that I joined the rest of the county in seeing that services here seem to be declining uh, very rapidly. Uh, you know, I, I, you just referenced with cardiac care, their recommendation is just to send people directly to Orange County. Well, this is our community hospital. How many heartathons have we all been through, Mike? I know you know. Uh, you know, we've invested a lot in the cardiac care in our own communities. So I'd love to be a part of a closed door meeting where I think I heard you just say, did they say they were going to close? I, anyway, I, I, I don't know. That's what you just said. So I'd have to ask them, I guess. But, you know, this is our community hospital. Somebody in Roscoe that's having a heart attack should not have to drive an hour after the ambulance gets there to get to uh, Garnet Health in uh, in, uh, in Orange County, that's just unacceptable. We need to make sure that we're working with the hospital to make sure they have what they need, but it can't come at the cost of services for our residents in an area where our population is set to increase dramatically, and we've all seen it over the last few years. We cannot afford to cut services here and lower our healthcare rankings even further, which are already some of the lowest in the state. Well, our time has been going quickly, and we're actually down to the last set of questions. And really, uh, I've not touched on the topic, and, and one of the big movers of this economy, of course, is tourism. So, Matt McPhillips, I will uh, give you the, ne the next question, our last question for this uh, debate. Uh, there's been particular emphasis on two high-profile projects, uh, the Route 97 corridor as well as the County Rail Trail Network. Mm -hmm. And my question is, do you consider these tourism magnets and what would you like to see both short-term and long-term as a potential legislator? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they're both magnets. I mean, anybody that's driven up Route 97 certainly can't argue with the massive influx of tourism that's come up through there. People are recognizing it as a true resource. It, it's something, it's a corridor, obviously, along one of our nation's major resources that needs to be protected, first and foremost. That always has to come first. But, you know, it's also about welcoming new visitors into our community and making sure that they're spending our money here, uh, making sure that they're supporting our local businesses, 
Um, I think the rail trailers are also a great part in that. Uh, we've worked well uh, in Assemblywoman Gunther's office getting state money to help uh, you know, perpetuate some of those projects. Uh, I'm really excited about some of the opportunities that that brings for health and wellness as well. But we need to make sure that they're still accessible to all people in our community and that we're promoting them well. First and foremost, we have a first-class organization that promotes tourism in this community, the Visitors Association in Sullivan County. It's no, it's no secret. It's no accident why our tourism numbers have increased. It's because of the hard work that the people that love Sullivan County do every day to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward. We've had obviously great new businesses and new opportunities come into this community because of tourism. Our tax situation is obviously far improved because of tourism. It's something that we need to make sure that we are not fighting actively against and that we are actually promoting and making sure that we foster these new businesses coming into our community. Mr. Doherty? Sure. <clears throat> as far as uh, tourism goes, uh, when I came into office, the SCVA received $900,000 um, in bed tax money, and they were getting um, 80 cents on the dollar of that money. Um, last year, they received $2.4 million at 60% of that money. Um, the reason why we had carved out part of that money, um, <clears throat> so I, I just real quick, it's almost a three times increase in the money that they've, they've gotten, um, was to, pr to put aside for two items. One, to create events. People are not sitting on their couches in Brooklyn, in Long Island, or wherever they are and say, oh, let's just take a drive up to Sullivan County. They're coming up for events. Our greatest, the greatest event in the 20th century happened here in this county. I mean, you know, in Woodstock. I mean, we need more events. If you go to Lake George, that's why people go. They, they have a calendar of events day in, day out, and it needs to happen more like that. Um, I really wish I had more time on this topic. Um, but, you know, tourism is, is a key factor, and it's growing exponentially. WVOS Liberty, a bold gold media group station. Well, and that wraps up the question-answer portion of our debate. So, Mr. Doherty, you do have a two-minute closing okay. statement. Ready? All right. Let it rip. Your two minutes. All right. Again, I want to thank the moderators, the moderator, um, and my opponent for coming. Um, as you heard through the discussion, there are real differences between my opponent and I in terms of our approach to policies. Matt will appear on the surface to be a nice guy. That's easy. He's never had to make a decision that affects thousands of people. He's never operated his own business and had to make payroll on a weekly basis or pay insurances or anything like that. My question to you as the voter is this. When you go into the voting booth on November 7th, or if you vote when early voting starts on the 28th of October, ask yourself, do you want a nice guy that's never had a position of authority, or do you want a fighter that will fight for your self-interest? I answer to nobody but you, the taxpayer, and the voters of District 1. Make no bones about it. The average family is under attack from guys like Matt in Washington and Albany every single day. Taxes, crime, immigration, education, each of these policies contrived by special interest groups in Albany and, and Washington run by organizations just like Matt. He's worked for both sides of the aisle. He says that's a way to get along. If you, if you fall, you know, if you, if you believe in nothing, you fall for anything. Trust me on that. I've been attacked because I stand between you and their ultimate goal, and that is power. I've been doing it for the last four years, and for the sake of those families throughout District 1, I'm hoping to continue to fight for you. I will make your life better. I have done it for the last, two, last four years. I will keep your taxes low. I will make sure your children have a brighter future here in Sullivan County. I can't promise there won't be any more controversy, because when you're fighting an entrenched in, you know, power stru structure who wants to hand out jobs and, and real estate and contracts to their buddies, I will stand there and fight for you every single time, and I've done it every single day, and I have the results to prove it. Mr. McPhillips, your two-minute closing statement. Sure, and, and thanks again, Mike, and, and my opponent for uh, coming out and having a lively discussion here. I think it was helpful, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it brings to voters' minds and those who are listening, uh, you know, some of the distinct differences that we have in our approach to how we're uh, going to address some of the most important issues facing the county. You know, for the last four years, we've seen how government doesn't work, how it shouldn't work and it's not listening to you right now at home. It needs to be from the ground up, 
not the top down. And that's what I've always done. And that's what I will continue to do. And fundamentally, it comes back to my three most important issues. One, health care, our low health care rankings, our poor care for our seniors at the adult care center, and our opioid crisis. Second, that's going to be always housing for me. Uh, you know, we keep talking about youth, but if they don't have anywhere to live, they're not going to be able to come back here and support our economy, support our businesses, and make sure that they have the same quality of life that we all have enjoyed here and what makes us love Sullivan County. And finally, you've addressed it a bit, but working together. It's not just something that we say. It's not, it's not just words. It's actions. I mean, you know, Rob was found guilty recently of being another legislature member. I mean, this, this is not what leadership looks like. We need to make sure that we have a cohesive unit that is listening to all sides and making sure that we come up with new, innovative ideas that are going to bring our county forward. That's what I'm committed to. And I am fully ready to work with anybody who's got a new idea, whether they be with an R next to their name or a D. I've worked with, like you said, the federal government for a conservative Republican, the state government for a conservative Democrat, and I've worked with just about every county legislature in this county and every single town supervisor on issues that will make improvements in the lives of people of Sullivan County. But we can't do that unless we get to the fundamental issues that are facing our county today. That's what I look forward to. I hope I can count on your vote and look forward to uh, being your next legislature. Thank you very much. Thanks for being a part of Decision 2023 for Sullivan County Legislature. A big thank you to our hosts, the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. I'd also like to thank our news partner, Mid-Hudson News, and of course, our candidates. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. You can listen to and watch these Decision 2023 debates on a number of platforms, including Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9, along with 1240 AM, plus Mid-Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Thank you for being a part of Decision 2023.